mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today to your health, how Blanchard Valley Health System's partnership with the renowned Mayo Clinic means better care for patients locally, particularly in areas such as breast cancer. Also, it is Travel Tuesday, packed with great deals for your next adventure, and this year's Travi Awards highlight the very best offerings. Our great gift series continues with more unique ideas to make buying for those on your Christmas list less of a chore this season. And it's time to bundle up and head outdoors for some winter adventures in December with the Hancock Park District. Michelle Rumschlag will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. So it is cold this morning. My goodness, suddenly winter has arrived, and it's not actually winter yet. Uh, That won't be until later in December. Um, We mentioned yesterday, I think, on the show, it's rather ironic in the forecast for the rest of the week that once December does arrive on Friday, we're actually going to warm up. (laughs) But uh, to start the week, man, it is cold. Heavy winter coat weather. And it's 20 degrees, but the wind chill is five. Five! That's, I, and I know that there are folks who absolutely refuse to break out the heavy winter coat until December. These are the same people that refuse to turn on the furnace in the house, uh, refuse to turn on the heat until, like, at least the 1st of November. You know who? You know those people, right, that, uh, that refuse... No matter how cold it is, five. It's a wind chill of five. And uh, there are these people who say, I'm not breaking out the winter coat until it's December. You know, there are, we have a word for people like that. Idiots. That's what we... <laughs> you're going to want a heavy coat uh, this morning. Hat and gloves, the whole nine yards. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing. I noticed as I uh, was coming into the studio this morning, and... Uh, I've often said my drive into the studio uh, is just long enough for the car to begin to warm up by the time I get to the parking lot. And uh, my new car, I got a, a new car earlier this year, and it's uh, one of those with the, uh, with the smart climate control system. As opposed to the, the old systems where you just, you got in, you slid the, you know, the, the slider over all the way to heat, and then you turn the fan up high. And it was like cold air that that would circulate until you know the heater kind of kicked in. Well, this is the you know the intelligent climate control system, and until the heater actually warms up, it doesn't do anything. You can put it on high and the the highest setting of the uh, climate control system, but it won't do anything until the heater core actually uh, actually warms up. And uh, so this morning, the entire drive in is. <laughs> I had my heater up. Come on, turn this up, turn this up. And it wasn't doing anything. And I know that it's actually for the best because it would otherwise just be blowing cold air, but it's still frustrating. You know what I mean? It's just go on, please. Anything. Anyway, uh, so the Christmas shopping season is uh, underway. The uh, travel weekend is over. This is kind of interesting. I have some numbers from the holiday weekend. Thanksgiving weekend, Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, reported that Sunday marked the busiest air travel day ever. 
They screened over 2.9 million people at U.S. airports on Sunday after Thanksgiving. 2.9 million. TSA had forecasted a record-breaking holiday season for air travel, and Sunday's numbers did not disappoint. Surge in air travel... uh, Surge in air travel follows last year's holiday season disruptions. Despite increased travel, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg expressed optimism about the holiday season ahead, noting that 2023 has thus far had the lowest rate of flight cancellations of the past half decade. And he emphasized ongoing investments to maintain improved travel conditions. So 2.9 million people on Sunday alone and over the weekend as we got our shopping started americans spent 86.6 billion dollars um on the holiday uh, on the holiday season just so far just to this point and we're one barely one weekend into it although a lot of folks got their shopping started early in some cases even before halloween but so far americans have spent 86.6 billion dollars um it says here the uh, Adobe Analytics holiday season starts actually November 1st. So we've been at this for nearly a month now, $86.6 billion. Uh, $9.8 billion spent on Black Friday alone. $5.6 billion was actually spent on Thanksgiving Day. So most stores were closed, so we were doing a lot of online shopping on Thanksgiving. Forget Cyber Monday. Uh, Thanksgiving. It was uh, Cyber Thanksgiving. We're spending five and a half billion dollars plus on Thanksgiving Day. Adobe Analytics predicts that the entire U.S. holiday season will see two hundred twenty-one point eight billion dollars in sales. Man, that's and today, of course, Giving Tuesday, the day to give give some of that back to charity. Instead of the rampant consumerism of the holiday season. To take 24 hours and remember those less fortunate. Do that today. Merriam-Webster is out with their word of the year. Every year, the dictionary folks uh, release the word of the year. This is not subjective. It's not like some editors of the Merriam-Webster dictionary sit in an office somewhere and make a decision as to what should be the word of the year. This is actually based on the number of searches uh, online for various words. And the word of the year this year is authentic. They said uh, this year saw a substantial increase in searches for the word authentic. Hmm. And uh, that, they say, uh, attributed to the rise of artificial intelligence. So trying to figure out what is authentic and what is created by AI. With respect to uh, culture, celebrity, identity, social media, all of it. Um, Some of the other popular words of the year. Riz, which is internet slang for romantic appeal or charm. Uh, Deep fake was very popular this year. Um, Again, going back to uh, AI. um, Something that has been convincingly altered or manipulated. uh, Deep fake. And... um, Also, uh, let's see here. The list of most common slang terms of the year is at And uh, this year's list, uh, some of the words were held over from last year, like salty 
and extra. Some of the common slang of 2023. Um, Several new entries made this year's list, which is, by the way, put together by the language learning platform Preply, uh, which itself sounds like a slang term, but the uh, list found the most used slang word this year, sus, S-U-S, short for suspicious, sus, followed by bet, meaning I agree, as in I bet, but just shortened to bet, and yeet, which is to violently throw something, which I've heard that before, that term, and I just, I had no idea what that meant, so... I mean, as a matter of fact, and I'm not alone, if you didn't recognize any of those terms, um, only 2% of parents know every word on this year's list of most common slang of the year. So don't feel bad because you're not alone if you don't recognize uh, those terms. So anyway, full of uh, new lists. This is the year we get, time of the year we get all of those lists. So share those. Have you heard about this? Big news, and this is uh, rather concerning. It has not uh, been reported in Ohio yet, but dogs across America beginning been getting sick with a respiratory illness that veterinarians believe could be a new type of bacterial infection. But they really don't know. It's a mystery illness that in some cases has turned fatal for canines. Researchers in New Hampshire took samples from 70 infected dogs and discovered previously unknown bacteria. Although the disease resembles kennel cough, cough, the bacterium is smaller and harder to treat. And uh, smaller pathogens can get into the deep parts of the lungs easier, according to researchers. So far, is it 12 states, 13 states? Um, 12 or 13 states have reported cases of this mysterious illness The good news is there have not been cases reported in Ohio. Ohio is not, but Indiana uh, has had cases, at least one case. I don't know how many. Um, People can protect their dogs by avoiding contact with other animals. This could mean avoiding kennels during the holiday season. And this is, I bring it up, even if it's not been reported in Ohio, folks would be traveling. And again, as nearby as Indiana, they've had uh, reports of this. Um, Just like with any other respiratory pathogens, the more contact your dog has with other dogs, the greater risk of encountering an animal that is infectious. So, something to keep in mind, keep your pets safe. And uh, finally, in among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, uh, it is coming up on bowl season. Football teams be bowling very soon. We'll find out who's going where. But there is a new bowl. Well, it's not a new bowl. It's a new name for a familiar bowl. It used to be the Blockbuster Bowl before Blockbuster Video went belly up. And then it was the Visit Florida Tangerine Bowl. Then the Champs Sports Bowl. The Russell Athletic Bowl. Most recently, it has been known as the Cheez-It Bowl. And now... It will be the Pop-Tarts Bowl. (laughs) That's right. The Pop-Tarts Bowl. December 28th in Orlando. And uh, it says here, whoever wins will get to eat the mascot. (laughs) The team that wins will get their their very own Pop-Tart treat. A large toaster treat. Um, (laughs) The first year of the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I think that's why... 
the Buckeyes uh, through the game against Michigan because they wanted to end up in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I mean, who wouldn't, honestly? There you go. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly cloudy today, a snow shower is possible, a high pushing 30. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low around 20. The village of Bluffton will be receiving more than a million dollars from the state for public roadwork improvements in support of a Grobe Systems project. Director of Finley-Hancock County Economic Development, Dan Schaefer. This project has taken form over the last 18 months, working with stakeholders at Grobe Systems itself, the Village of Bluffton, ODOT, Jobs Ohio, and Regional Growth Partnership. It's a great example of collaboration, helping a great company move into its electric vehicle business unit globally. He says as a result of the project and state assistance, 200 full-time equivalent jobs will be created. Get more in the story on our website. Two Ohio firefighters were killed when the mechanical lift they were operating tipped over as they were working on a radio tower outside of their firehouse. Governor Mike DeWine ordered all U.S. and state of Ohio flags to be lowered throughout Fayette County and state government buildings in honor of Fire Chief Ralph Stegbauer and Fire Captain Jeffrey Skaggs. The impact of this loss reaching far and wide in the firefighter community. Carly Dion in Fayette County. At their latest board meeting, the Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation Board of Trustees approved grants totaling more than $540,000. Grant making is the cornerstone program of the Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation, and we award between 3 and $4 million annually. Since 1992, the Community Foundation has awarded more than $75 million in grants. Give more of our conversation with Community Foundation President and CEO Brian Treese about how the grants are allocated in this story on our website. Welcome to A New Life, a nonprofit organization mentoring adults involved in the Hancock County criminal justice system, is holding a gift card drive as their 2023 Giving Tuesday project. The organization is seeking donations of gift cards that will be used to assist mentees with unexpected expenses needed to improve their lives. Learn more about the gift card drive and welcome to a new life in the story on our website. And don't forget, you can always give more news online anytime at WFIN.com. And now to our cover story. Uh, Dr. Bill Coe's Blanchard Valley Health System is with us this morning. Talk more about their partnership with the renowned Mayo Clinic and how that means better care for patients locally. Dr. Coase, thanks very much for uh, being with us. It's glad to be here on a cool morning. Yeah, very chilly morning. Uh, Winter has arrived. I think Um, so. A little snow out there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So this uh, partnership actually uh, was announced uh, some time ago, about a year or so ago. It's been been really longer than that. Longer than that. About the time COVID started, a little bit before that, we were in the process of evaluating affiliation with the Mayo Clinic, which, as you said, is world-renowned, probably the most known name of anything mm-hmm. in healthcare, maybe yeah. the best brand name in the world. Yeah. So what precipitates this? Um, what it leads to this partnership? I mean, take us back to uh, well, the Well, part of it is healthcare is changing. And with healthcare, with more technology, with more things being discovered with research and things like that, as an institution, Blanchard Valley Health System, we want to remain independent so we can make our own decisions. So we looked over the course of several years uh, thinking about how we could affiliate or partner, 
And we had the opportunity, uh, we were introduced by Mayo. In fact, they uh, reached out to us. They had seen we'd had good quality. Uh, we were known in the field. And so over the course of several months, uh, we came to a relationship with them where we can do several things. They help us with policy. Uh, and we can talk about some of the consults that we do with them. They help us with uh, building as we've looked at what we're going to be doing. Lots, lots of different factors uh, are in the relationship. So it's more than just the, uh, I guess, the nuts and bolts of, of the, the medical care. Uh, you're talking about this is a, a wide-ranging partnership. Well, so during COVID, uh, they had lots of, it's, it's not, they had lots more data than we did about what was going on. Mm. When we started this relationship, they had 40 different or there were 40 different uh, healthcare systems that were in the uh, in the affiliation. It's grown since that. But all of this data that would come in. So I would be on the phone asking, well, what are you doing as far as the uh, protocols? And it didn't have to be just uh, related to medications. It could be how are you uh, keeping people from being contaminated? Um, and we also use them as time has gone on for policies of human resources. There's all, all kinds of things that they have, and they've developed this. This is a, a very much of a formal process of who we can talk to. We talk to them every month. Uh, in fact, they're going to be here this week, and this is our annual uh, update. I think this is the third year that they're going to be down here to talk to us. So, but through it all, and just to emphasize uh, this part the, that you brought up, Blanchard Valley Health System remains independent. It is not uh, an, an offshoot of the Mayo Clinic. That is, that is correct. There is no, uh, we could devolve, uh, uh, dissipate this relationship at, uh, at any time, and mm. we are back to where we are. No, we see them as a help on these different avenues strategically. There's a chief nursing office uh, where our, uh, the head of our nursing department goes and speaks with others. So there's a relationship that way where you can get feedback. It's also been, we've been involved in some of some clinical, I wouldn't say research, but they've reached out to us for answers. They run a different kind of a, a healthcare system. It's uh, quaternary where people are coming from all over the world. They, Rochester, Minnesota is about the same size we are. Now it's all Mayo uh, having been up there, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not, uh, they're not dealing as much with the community, the addiction things. We've talked to them about that, uh, other things in the hospital. So it's it's been both ways. Now, uh, this is the first uh, healthcare system. You are the first healthcare system in Ohio to be uh, affiliated. That is, uh, that is correct. Uh, we were and we continue to be. And what does this mean? I mean, you talk about um, all of the benefits uh, on the administration side, um, what does this translate in terms of benefits to patients? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, it was a very rigorous process to go through this. They, we didn't just send in an application and they said, sure, this looks like a good idea. They came and interviewed us. We were up there with part of our board to look at that. And the emphasis was on quality and safety. Um, as Myron would say, that's our number one uh, duty, responsibility in what we do. And so out of that also are opportunities for patient care. Um, We're going to be talking at our Live and Learn this Thursday about breast cancer. We've put an emphasis on that because our data would show there's not enough mammograms being done in general in the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have an oncology group that uh, meets. We have tumor boards. 
when we have questions or if a patient would ask if they would uh, that uh, could you get another opinion or could I get another opinion or and what usually comes up is one of the oncologists will say this is a really different kind of case we don't see that many let's say uh, off the wall different kinds of cases and so there's the opportunity to consult with Mayo we send them all of the records we send them the x-rays uh, and then there's a conversation. They give us an opinion that we can pass back on to the patient. So really helps patients in a couple of ways. One, that's the best place there is. And I am impressed with the results that we've gotten back. I'm impressed with our physicians as the kind of questions they're asking. But then in addition to that, the patient feels better and they don't have to go someplace else to get their care. Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons why we want to talk about this is – Again, this is not news. This is a partnership that has been in place for quite some time. So now that you've had the time to kind of step back and evaluate, uh, you know, has it been, it sounds as though it has been uh, everything you had hoped it would be and then some. Well, from my standpoint, it certainly has. Uh, just having the opportunity, I was a primary care physician in internal medicine, and it was always good to just go across the hall and talk to one of my partners as a specialist. This gives us the best expertise in the world. Uh, again, availability has been there. They get back with us. And um, just talking to one of our gastroenterologists that has sent a numerous number of cases the field, well, most of our fields in medicine have gotten very sophisticated with the medications, uh, the changes of how we treat people, diagnostic kinds of things. There's mm-hmm. new technologies that that's that availability to say, yeah, this would be worthwhile. Our people that have or our physicians and well, anyone that's really worked with Mayo has been really impressed with their feedback. Now, you mentioned that you do have a live and learn event, and you've done a number number of these. The latest one is coming up uh, later this week here, uh, what, day after tomorrow? I it's, on it's on Thursday at noon. Um, okay. We do that, and uh, through uh, local media or Facebook, I'm not sure exactly how the technology, but um, – <laughs> We are on for about 45 minutes, a call-in program. Uh, what we do have is one of the Mayo individuals, uh, she is an expert in breast care, is going to be virtually doing this with us to talk about what the Mayo Clinic does, how we might uh, see some differences, some ideas that she'd have for patients. So we're encouraging anyone that wants to listen to tune in. And as you mentioned, there is a focus on breast care because that has been identified in the community as something we need to do better. Yeah, and I think, well, first you start out with just volumes. One out of every eight women are going to get breast cancer during their lifetime. People don't realize that. So 12% of the of women, and there's about 3,000 cases of men that have breast cancer. So it's a big number. Certainly, we have found with 3D radiography or mammography that we can pick up tumors much smaller, and there's a good chance, of, if not cure, that we can treat much better than when you find someone that has had advanced breast cancer. So the prevention screening is a big thing that uh, we want to dwell on. And so uh, in an effort to raise awareness and, and uh, uh, raise and to, and to share information, again, as you mentioned, latest treatments and diagnostics and, and so on, that'll be the focus of this Right. Uh, Dr. Event. Thomas, one of our oncologists at the uh, Arms Cancer Center, uh, along with Dr. Uh, 
Prethi from Mayo Clinic are going to talk about the, all those things, and we welcome uh, questions being asked uh, that people will be able to go through chat, and we'll try to do those live right online. And that is noon on Thursday. It is a a, a virtual uh, conference or a virtual uh, event uh, on Zoom to uh, share that information. We've got a link up on our webpage for uh, more information about the uh, Live and Learn series and this uh, this latest one uh, that is coming up uh, later this week with a focus on breast cancer and uh, the partnership with the uh, with the Mayo Clinic. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Bill Coase, Blanchard Valley Health System, with us this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We Thanks you it. for letting me be here. awards season you know the oscars and the emmys and the grammys what about the travis joining us this morning is the award-winning executive editor for travelpulse.com and host of the travel pulse podcast eric bowman and eric as folks may have deduced the travis are the awards for the travel industry right yeah they are like the oscars of the travel industry they're voted on by travel advisors aka the original travel influencers out there, and some of the uh, big winners this year include Royal Caribbean, which took home ten gold travies, and Jamaica, which took home six gold travies. Hmm. Uh, so, like you said, these are voted on by the original travel influencers. You know, in this day and age, uh, when we can book travel uh, online uh, ourselves, and you know, it's easier than ever to plan a vacation. Uh, without a whole lot of guidance, what's the advantage of, of using a travel agent to plan a trip? Well, Chris, the big ones are saving time and money. That's where a travel agent's really going to shine through. Travel advisors are also there for you in your corner should something go wrong, say, you know, a flight delay, cancel, or, re- you know, anything in that incident. A travel advisor's going to really shine through as well because you don't want to be stuck on a phone dealing with somebody and waiting times and hold times. You can have a travel advisor kind of take care of that for you and inform you of what's the next step if something does go wrong in those types of situations. So that's where they're really going to shine. They're also in the know with a lot of these destinations too, like Jamaica, which won, you know, best culinary destination in the Caribbean and one for best uh, weddings and honeymoons mm. as well. Or if you're thinking about Europe, it's Greece that was the big winners at the Travis this year um, with the best cruise destination and the best overall destination in Europe. And a travel advisor is going to be able to point you in the right direction and, and really maximize what's best for you and your your family, your spouse, your partners, your couples, your friends, whatever sort of vacation you're taking. Yeah. A travel advisor has been there, done that, and they can help guide you and make sure you have you know, a very seamless process throughout. Well, and, and especially right now, because, I mean, as folks know, uh, travel spending has been at an all-time high yeah. post-pandemic, and it looks like 2024 will continue to that trend. And, of course, everybody out there is going to want to, is wanting a piece of the pie. So, you know, everybody's making their pitch. It's good to have somebody who knows you know, what really is a great deal, a great destination, you know, all of that. Definitely so. Yeah. And they're also going to point you in the right direction with travel insurance too, which is so key in today's market. More and more Americans are buying travel insurance this year. They're realizing that it's a necessity as part of your pre-travel checklist. And that's where um, Allianz Travel Assistance uh, Travel Insurance came through as the big winners this year. You have uh, the best travel insurance provider. And they also won a gold travel for the best travel insurance customer service, which is so key in today's world. You want to make sure that you're covered and you got good people there to help you along the way. If something does go wrong in yeah. that incident, 
then you've got a great position there with with travel insurance and Allianz. We uh, mentioned the uh, pandemic. That is one thing that people learned with respect to travel was that you, you never know when plans might change, things get might might get upended, and uh, when is the best time to buy travel insurance for your trip? I'm guessing right at the same time you book, right? Absolutely. Yes. You want to buy that travel insurance as soon as you book that vacation. If you're covered for the longest time possible throughout that, it makes a great um, investment to protect your financial investment because you want to have that security blanket, if you will. You know, you want to make sure that you're, you're covered in any aspect that does come up. And if you travel often or you know someone who travels often, Consider an annual policy. Allianz has a great one there, too. And Hmm. with the holidays coming up, it does make a great gift. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even really thought about that. So uh, great tip. Uh, You mentioned cruising. I know cruises have, uh, again, really made a a strong comeback in the past couple of years. A lot of folks looking to take that bucket trip, uh, bucket list cruise. What are some of your tips for those who are maybe looking at doing this for the first time? Yes, cruising is back in a big way. So you want to book early. A lot of cruise lines are already offering out itineraries for uh, ships are filling up for 24. They're offering itineraries for 25 and 26 already. So cruising is back in a big way. So book early and book with a travel advisor. That's the best tip I can provide anyone out there. 70% of cruises are all booked by travel advisors. So they're in the know. They've got the preferred partners. They've got the industry connections. They can help elevate that cruise experience too with maybe some discounts or some freebies or the different packages that they can loop in because they have those connections. And with award-winning cruise lines like Royal Caribbean, as I said, they won 10 gold travies this year. Some of the ones that jump out, uh, best cruise line overall, best uh, cruise entertainment too, and the best cruise ship too with Wonder of the Seas. But if you're new to cruising and you're thinking, maybe there's just too many people on those big ships for you, you want to check out River Cruising. I highly recommend that. It's a very uh, casual experience there. You have a smooth sailing on that. There's fewer people on board. And Ama Waterways is the top winner of this year's Travis for the best river cruise line. And their ship, uh, Ama Magna, won the best river cruise ship, too. Uh-huh. It's a much uh, easier experience to uh, dip your toes into the water, if you will, mm-hmm. for, for cruising. I, I really recommend it. You just unpack one time with cruising. And then you visit multiple destinations along the way, and you get a lot of value for your money. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't like some of the extra added perks? You mentioned working with a uh, travel advisor. Uh, What about uh, resorts, hotels in general? I mean, I think this is, uh, for a lot of folks, the way most people will travel. So resorts, hotels, what are some of the best of the best? Certainly, yeah. There are a lot of great ones out there. This year, the travel advisors are very high on Sandals Resorts. They won best hotel chain overall and the best all-inclusive resorts as well. So you had Sandals Grand St. Lucian stood out this year for the big win with Gold Travi on best couples and adults getaway. And you also had Sandals Emerald Bay, which is a big winner in the honeymoon category too. So a lot to love with Sandals this year. It was very, very high on them. And I love all-inclusives because contact, uh, you pay that flat price and you're in. You don't have to worry about your wallet. Right. You, know, you, you set your stuff up and you and have these very lavish rooms. If you're in a swim-up room, you got a pool right by your room or right by the beach, right out, like I did a couple months ago, and I absolutely love them. You get a lot of uh, great value. Indulge into as much food and beverage as you want with these all-inclusives. I love them. It's a terrific way to go. Again, 2023, a big year for travel. 2024, going to be much the same. Uh, Executive editor of TravelPulse.com, host of the Travel Pulse podcast, Eric Bowman, with us this morning. Where do we get more information, Eric? TravelPulse.com for all your travel needs, man. Thank you so much.
Well, the holiday shopping madness is upon us. And uh, joining us this morning with some great gift ideas uh, for those who may be stumped for someone on their list, because everybody's stumped for someone on their list. Former Bachelor winner, frequent uh, contributor to the Today Show's Guys Tell All panel, uh, Bob Guinea with us once again uh, with some great gift ideas. Bob, first of all, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Happy holidays. Well, happy holidays to you too, sir, and thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. So you've got some uh, great gift ideas, first and foremost, for people who enjoy entertaining. Yes, sir, I do. And this is uh, this is a personal favorite. I've owned this for quite some time. I uh, use it all the time. If you like entertaining like I do, this is the perfect tool and a great gift. The Bartesian. It's the at-home smart cocktail maker. It knows how to make over 50-plus premium cocktails perfectly every time, including classics like margaritas and old-fashions. You simply fill the four canisters with your favorite alcohol. You put in the capsule of the drink that you want to make. You press a button, and voila, you have a delicious cocktail in under 30 seconds. The fully recyclable capsule contains all the real juices, bitters, extracts. I was a bartender in college. I will tell you, this is... This is crazy. I, I have a, I struggle with some of those drinks like a, like a, you know, a Manhattan or an old fashioned. It right. makes them perfect every single time. I mean, it's crazy. The quality of the ingredients makes all the difference. There are four drink strengths, so you can make it strong if you want. You can even do a mocktail if you prefer. They've also got specialty capsules in the naughty and nice collections for a fun twist on the holidays. But here's the best part, Chris. It's their best deal ever. It's now live. Save $100 exclusively at Bartesian.com. That is a terrific idea. I just love the the whole concept of that. And uh, it is something that I'm sure a lot of folks would love to find under the tree. Uh, You also have a great gift or two for new parents, which are always tough to buy for. So tough to buy for. And I'll tell you, if this would have been around, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. We just moved my two-year-old out of his crib. He's about two and a half now at this point. If this would have been around, I probably would have let him stay in the crib a whole lot longer. It's the Cradlewise <laughs> Smart Crib. This is amazing. This uses audio and video to monitor babies for the first signs of stirring, and then it soothes them back to sleep with a gentle, natural bouncing movement before they cry. So it's kind of like when you see the dad with the, with the baby at the grocery store just sort of bouncing up and down. It's a really gentle movement, but it's got a connected app that lets you track and learn their sleep schedule, lets you watch them and share access outside of your home. It converts from a bassinet to a crib, so it can be used for babies up to two years old, and it has everything you need. So it combines the bassinet and the crib, but then you also have a baby monitor, sound machine, and a room temperature sensor. Yeah. And this predictive technology saves parents two hours of sleep on an average every single day. <laughs> so the parents actually get to sleep a little better, too. Yeah. The early uh, detection and early intervention. I mean, it's crazy, right? Basically, what you're doing is putting the gift of sleep uh, under the tree for yeah. those new parents. I mean, and who couldn't use that? You really are. <laughs> That's the truth. And, and another great sale right now, you visit cradlewise.com. It's their biggest sale ever, and it's a discount of up to seven hundred dollars. So, All right. helps make this a lot, uh, really affordable. And, and like you said, it's not just a gift for the baby to get more sleep. Mom and dad can get some sleep too. Absolutely. And uh, you you bring up a, a point. I want to underscore this. When you look at the price tag, keep in mind that, like you said, you're getting a lot of stuff uh, wrapped up into this yeah. one uh, device. So initially, you might look at it and yep. say, "Wow, that's a little pricey." But for everything that you get, you know, keep that in mind. And then you have uh, something else here uh, that is a. It says a robot dog. What is this? Yep, you can probably hear him. This is Dog E. 
by Wowee. It's a one in a million robot dog. This is a Good Housekeeping Toy of the Year award winner. This is incredible. You uncrate this pup to reveal a unique combination of colorful lights, sounds, and personality traits, so no two doggies are ever the same. It responds to you with over 200 sounds, reactions, and even talks with its tail. That's the noise you hear right there. Unlock even more interactive play with a free connected app, and you can train your doggy to do tricks, track its needs. You can even toss it a treat. It is truly a robot dog for the whole family. My kids are going to go absolutely bananas uh, Christmas morning with this one. Very affordable, $67.99. Wow. That's that's one of those things that uh, not all that long ago would have been incredibly expensive. It just kind of tells you where uh, technology is uh, these days. That's some uh, really cool exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, yep. Bob, Bob Guinea is with us uh, with some uh, great gift ideas for anybody on your list you may be stumped for. And there is more information about all of this stuff uh, online at the uh, Daily Lounge, right? That's right. Yeah, go to dailylounge.com. You can find out all the information on everything we talked about today. Very cool. Uh, Bob Guinea for the Daily Lounge uh, this morning. Bob, thanks very much. Again, happy holidays. Happy holidays, Chris. Thank you so much. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Oh! Boy, do we have a collection of broken news for you this morning. A cafe owner in New Zealand had his truck stolen from right outside his business earlier this month. Four days later, though, this was a a crook with a conscience. Because four days later, the undamaged truck was returned to the same location that it had been taken from. Inside was a handwritten apology and a couple of new toys in the back. For the owner's young son. <laughs> Here is the story. Uh, Varun Chada owns a cafe in Auckland, New Zealand. On November 14th, he was done working for the day. Uh, closed up. He was getting ready to uh, drive home in his, uh, in his company truck. Um, but he realized he had forgotten something uh, in the store. So he jumped out, ran back into the, into the cafe to grab whatever it was. He had forgotten, left his mistake was he left the truck running with the keys inside. And when he returned just moments later, the truck was gone. Uh, so he immediately uh, took to social media, posted details about the theft of the truck on the cafe's Facebook page. Four days later, he posted a rather interesting update on the same page. His truck was again parked outside the cafe where he last saw it. But what makes the story even more unusual is the thief seemed to suffer from a bit of remorse for his actions. A handwritten note with an apology was left on the truck. The thief saying he was sorry and explained that he was inebriated and needed a ride home. As a thank you for borrowing the truck, the thief put a couple of new toys in the back and stated in the letter that they were for the man's son. Other than the license plate being taken and a quarter of the uh, quarter of tank gasoline being used, the truck was in the exact same condition it was before the theft. So it wasn't damaged at all. Just a little bit less gas in the tank. And for whatever reason, the license plate disappeared. I'm not condoning what this person did, but they did give it, give it back and said they were sorry, so... I'm just happy to get the truck back. Put it that way, the man tells local news reporters. 
The thief may have apologized and tried to make amends, but local police are still looking for the offender. (laughs) Back even this time of year, even thieves have a conscience. It's a Christmas miracle, I guess. Uh, Elsewhere in the uh, broken news here this morning, a 12-year-old kid in Ann Arbor is in custody after leading police on an hour-long chase in a stolen forklift. 12-year-old, a stolen forklift. Police responded to a report of a juvenile attempting to steal the 35,000-pound construction vehicle at 6.45 in the evening on Saturday. Uh, According to a police report, they located the stolen vehicle several minutes later, driving in a local street without any lights. A low-speed chase ensued. The whole thing caught on dash cam, during which the brazen youth reportedly struck approximately 10 parked vehicles before finally stopping a little over an hour later. (laughs) Hour-long low-speed chase. The forklift had been parked outside a middle school, unlocked with a key hidden inside the cab. Apparently not hidden well enough. Fortunately, nobody injured during the chase, and the young joyrider was treated to another, albeit much less exciting, ride, this time in the back of a police cruiser en route to the local juvenile detention center. Man. Man! That is is crazy. Uh, so here is an interesting science story here. On the, definitely qualifies in the broken news. You'll find out why in a moment. Scientists from Duke University and Appalachian State working together jointly say a new danger regarding toxic microplastics might be as close as your night table. Well, not your night table, but somebody's night table. Uh, We're talking about adult toys. That's right. Adult toys may be making us ill. The researchers say that the microplastics that they've been warning us about that have leached into our food supply and our drinking water, these things are regulated when it comes to children's toys, but not the toys for grown-ups. And... This is a problem. It's dangerous. The scientists noted that the uh, marital aids can shed microscopic particles during use. And since they are designed to be used in our most intimate and permeable body parts, (laughs) that can pose a health risk. This is serious stuff here. Um, Also, the... Uh, micro, uh, microplastic particles used to make the 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 chemicals used to make the plastics more durable can cause hormonal issues, infertility, and even disease, making things difficult for regulators and consumers. Companies currently use labels such as "for novelty use only," and the result of that means that they avoid FDA regulation as medical devices. The researchers concluded that further study is needed to understand and illuminate the risks and thereby elevate the visibility and priority of these products for risk management actions by manufacturers and regulators. 
I haven't heard anything that disturbing in a long time. On so many levels. But it's my job to make sure that you are well informed. <laughs> Adult toys may be leaching microplastics into your body. That's just disturbing. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, you've seen the movie Elf, right? The Christmas classic with Will Ferrell, where uh, Will Ferrell's character, Buddy the Elf, explains the four food groups upon which Santa's helpers subsist. The four food groups at the North Pole. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. Right? You remember that scene from the uh, movie where he whips up a traditional elfish breakfast of spaghetti topped with maple syrup, M&M's, after-dinner mints, and crumbled-up Pop-Tarts. With that in mind, uh, the website OnlineCasinos.org is offering $2,500 for the most creative recipe for a meal that only an elf could love. <laughs> Using The rules are simple. Participants are challenged to whip up creations using Buddy the Elf's love for all things sweet. You use the four food groups of the North Pole to let your imagination run wild, whether it's spaghetti covered in candy or a concoction of your own. The North Pole's the limit, they say. And if you need any culinary inspiration... A few companies have gotten in on the fun to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the movie. Uh, earlier this month, Krispy Kreme released a limited edition Elf Donut collection. Keebler is selling Elf Gingerbread Fudge Stripes. Uh, there is also Goldfish Elf, Goldfish Elf Maple Syrup Flavored Grams. And Brock's is selling limited edition Elf Candy as well. So, you can use any of those products... Or come up with your own to create your own elf uh, dish concoction. Don't be a cotton-headed ninny-muggin. You can win $2,500. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to put that out there. There you go. <laughs> That is today's Broken News Report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When local news breaks, you can hear about it on social media at lightning speed. And while getting you the information fast is important, WFIN will always present the story only after verifying with actual sourced facts. This is WFIN News Director Matt Demchek. Trust the voice that's been covering the news in Finley and Hancock County for more than 80 years. You can depend on us to get the story right every time on social media, 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and at 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We've all been told that money can't buy happiness, but if it could, how much would it take? We were actually talking about a, a similar survey uh, not all that long ago, and I thought this was uh, kind of interesting. This is from a, a separate survey by the financial services firm Empower, which actually finds that despite the old saying, 59% of Americans believe that money can, in fact, buy happiness. So, nearly two-thirds uh, of us actually believe that, yeah, money can buy happiness, despite what we have always heard. 
I remember an old joke that I heard one time that money can't buy happiness. If you marry for money, you will suffer in comfort. <laughs> of course, the response is, I'm suffering anyway. I may as well suffer in comfort. But anyway, uh, so 59% of Americans believe that money, in fact, can buy happiness. And on average, they say they would need about $1.2 million to get to that point. That $1.2 million would buy happiness. Uh, now, what's interesting is when you break this number down, when you break the data down uh, by age group, millennials say that they would need the most, 1.7 million. And Gen Zers uh, are, say that they would need the least amount of money to be truly happy. They say just under $500,000 would do the trick. So that is an interesting, again... Uh, millennials at 1.7 million and Gen Zers just under $500,000. That's quite a range. Uh, baby boomers say that they would need about a million dollars. That's the magic number for baby boomers. Gen Xers, a little over $1.2 million. So it is a quite a wide ranging amount, but that really stood out to me with Generation Z just under $500,000. And uh, they also broke the numbers down in terms of gender and found that women would be happy with $880,000, but men would want nearly one and a half million. (laughs) So I, I don't know. Does that tell us that women are easier to please? So how cold is it this morning? It is so cold that Michelle Rumschlag, the parks lady, is coming to us on the line from her home. She didn't even want to go out. It's that cold. That's... It's not too bad. I mean, it's... You know, it's the season, right? I That's, mean, it's almost December, so... Well, the ironic thing... The cold, ironic, snowy thoughts in her head. Get prepared. <laughs> the ironic thing <laughs> is that at the end of the week, when December actually arrives, it's going to actually warm up. So, yes, I yes. don't know. It's just it's a brief, weird. It's a brief introduction to what's to come. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> get ready. Get your hand gloves out. So might have been out for months because I'm always, you know, outside with work stuff. So, yeah, I mean, get those things kind of right. It's There you go. After Thanksgiving, you know. That's Christmas, right. It holiday is holiday season. Past Thanksgiving, time to bundle up and head outdoors for winter yes. adventures now <laughs> to uh, talk about what is uh, happening in the month of December, the uh, Hancock Park District. Uh, you've got, first and foremost, uh, one of the first things we want to talk about in coming up in December is a an open house at the uh, McKinnis House at Litzenberg, which yes. haven't been able to do a whole lot of those uh, this no, year. No, because we kept having... <clears throat> The park being potentially shut down because of our repaving project that kept getting changed with the dates, which we do know now that's going to be taking place next year. So mm-hmm. right, we haven't been out there since May of this year. So we are very wow. excited that we're going to be able to do um, one on Sunday, December 10th. And so it's our kind of McKenna's house holiday gathering. Um, it's from 1 until – actually, sorry. Normally they're 1 until 4. Um, this one's going to be 3 until 6 p.m. Okay. So we do it so those that want to come out in the daytime still come out in the day – or if you want to come out when it gets a little darker and then we get the lanterns going mm. and be in the house with all the candles and stuff. Yeah. And so we'll be talking about um, 
some holiday things because Christmas was new to the McInnes family. They're Scotch-Irish, so they didn't celebrate. It wasn't until more German pioneers came in and settled in the county that brought those Christmas traditions. Um, but we're going to have some yummy um, breads for you to eat in the kitchen. We'll be playing some um, Christmas music. There was some back in 1847. There was a good handful of hymns that were uh, mm-hmm. would have been out, so we're going to play that on the dulcimer. Um, it'll be nice and cozy in the house with the fireplace and stuff going and yeah. the wood stove going. Um, so, so yeah, three to six. So and that's if you ne- haven't, you know, need your McKinnis house fixed, now's <laughs> the time until next year yeah. when we reopen again and probably start doing back again in July after so, all the repaving and all that good stuff happens. So, so it's so interesting. We'd love to see you out there on yeah. Sunday, December 10th. You, it's interesting you mentioned uh, that Christmas would have been uh, something of a, a new experience uh, at, at in that era but did they did they have a, a their own winter holiday before you know yes. Christmas? So, what what so, would that Scotch look like? Irish, yes. So they they did Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving wouldn't have been probably obviously wasn't official till Abraham Lincoln made that official. So that would have been Civil War time. So mm-hmm. not the eighteen forty seven that we portray. Their big one was Hogmanay, which would have been on New Year's Day. That okay. was their big celebration that the Scotch Irish did. And there's a bread. We did it a couple of years ago. Um, there's a certain bread that you can make, and um, it's involved. I made one for the open house, but so that would have been theirs. That they so yes, they had their. I but guess it would have. But it would have looked much but different. It was the German Christmas was a German tradition until right. There were more, you know, that came into um, that started settling in Hancock County hmm. to bring those traditions. So they were just starting, we think, to learn about you know, the Christmas tree and some of the hymns and stuff. So they were just starting to be introduced, and then it probably depended on the person if they were, you know, stuck in their ways, and these are my traditions, mm-hmm. or, right. you know, welcoming and stuff, so... Different families would have done that yeah. differently. Yeah. Right, right. And obviously, even today, we take on different things of mm-hmm. different how different families celebrate and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so they would just have been kind of learning about Christmas and so. and those things that would have happened um you know, during a holiday. Yeah, so uh, fascinating kind of living history, and that again is uh, <laughs> next Sunday. Yes, uh, yes in not the, this Sunday the 3rd, but next Sunday, yep, December Late 10th. afternoon, early evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of other things that are going on in the uh, month of December. Obviously, this is when, you know, maybe we get into, you know, our first snows. If we get enough, we're going to open <laughs> up the... Um, right, so our, um, of course, our cross-country... Ski and snowshoe rentals, um, our Rack and Run is based out of Shelter 3 there in the Big Oaks Activity Center at Riverbend Recreation Area. Um, so our first weekend officially to be open is December 16th and 17th, so that's on a Saturday. Um, 11 o'clock we open, but um, I mean, more information on the website, and then we're open weekends through February, the end of February. Um, but right, we need a good snow base out at Riverbend. Yeah. So not what's in town, because I know town is different, because Riverbend we have the woods, we have the open area, it gets windy, so we have to have a good four to six snow base. That's so, what you're and it just depends. It depends mm-hmm. on the kind of snow that we get, too. So, right. well, you can the, always call the office, so we get people that, I mean, we'll get a little bit of snow and people will ask, but it's got to be the right snow because we want it to be a good experience for you. And really, if it's not good enough, if there's not enough snow base, then you start getting the skis and some of the grass or the gravel, and it ruins it ruins the skis. Yeah, so and be uh, patient. Hopefully, Mother Nature will let us have some. And I know this December. And, and in I the know, last couple of years, we've been open. It's been in February when we've had our snow, but yeah, I was going to say. I, I know the past couple of years have been uh, very hit and miss, but. Yeah. 
The Old Farmer's Almanac forecast is for a uh, cold and snowy winter, so maybe we'll have a, a good long ski season this year. But again, yeah. those updates uh, will be posted uh, in advance on the uh, Facebook page and such, right? Yes. Yeah, so when we start getting into, like, if it's kind of iffy where we're not, you know, or you're not sure, we'll definitely get on Facebook and post that. Okay. We'll know by that Friday. Usually. I, I remember one year, well, we didn't know until Saturday morning we woke up because we had snow <laughs> come through. That we were open, but I have access to that here at home, so okay. we will definitely, if it's kind of like, we'll let people know. If they're wondering, we'll definitely get on Facebook and say, yes, we're open, or no, we're not. But it's going to be right. It just has to be that right snow. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else to uh, highlight in the month of December? I know those are the big things, but what else is going on? Um, so we're going to have um, a holiday fun open house um, on Friday, December 22nd. Um, and so this is when some of the kids might be already on holiday break or getting off that Friday kind of afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from 1 in f- to 4 at the Discovery Center Oakwood's Nature Preserve. Um, it's for families ages 5 and up. There's, it's free. There's no registration. And it's just a come on out. So we're going to have the fireplace going. We'll have some hot chocolate. We'll have... Um, some holiday crafts. We're going to do an indoor scaven- animal scavenger hunt. And so it's just one of those, yes, the kids might have just gotten off a break the day before, but if you're itching to do something <laughs> and keep them busy um, before the holiday hits. Yeah, um, little pre- preemptive kind of strike. fun thing. Come on, hang out by the fireplace. The bird feeders will be going. I mean, it's just kind of a fun little activity for families. So one until four, it's kind of like, it's, again, it's a mini little open house. We're just calling it holiday fun. There you um, go. You know, they can come play with the puppets, check out the animals. little preemptive strike against holiday boredom. <laughs> holiday right. break boredom. If you want to keep them active um, or just keep them occupied for a few hours, yes. So holiday fun on Friday, December 22nd from 1 until 4. All right, very good. Uh, the entire uh, list of activities and events and everything else uh, is uh, on the website, uh, What yes. not only for December, but into the new year, too, right? Yes, so HancockParks.com, so that's all of December and then January and February. Mm-hmm. And then also remember, you can access reservation um, of our facilities on there, so that we do a year-to-date. So if you've got something next winter or this coming summer um, or fall, those dates are open right now. So I know everybody's always looking for shelters, at Riverbend in the summertime um, and things like that. So if you've got something coming up this, you know, graduation or things coming up this summer, you know, get on there now. Yeah. Kind of, And you can also check data availability. You can kind of click through and pick if it's the Brigham Lodge or the Waterfalls Pavilion, whatever, Riverside yeah, Park, whatever. Do. You can get on there and look to see if your state is still there um, and check all that out. All right, uh, again, uh, Michelle Rumschlag of the uh, Hancock Park District with us this morning talking uh, winter adventures in the month of December. We've got a link on our webpage for more information, goodmornings.net. Michelle, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, this week's suddenly frigid weather is a jolting reminder of just how important the annual Coats for Christmas program is. I'll tell you how you can share the warmth with your neighbors in need. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.